0: All right, welcome in to a all brand new edition of the Original Gangsters podcast. We're uh, social distancing to the max, doing this live on Facebook and Twitter. Um, This might be the format now for the foreseeable future as our country deals with this crisis, uh, the coronavirus, but we want to bring you some entertainment, talk about some gangsters, talk about some movies, talk about some gangsters and how they're dealing with the the health crisis, and um, talk about a little uh, uh, connection between politics and underworld activity, and uh, kind of give you a little bit of a hodgepodge to get through the day. Um, you know, we're dealing with it. We we'll want to make it easier for everybody, and uh, it's it's better if everyone kind of gets in uh, a communal mindset and maybe tries to deal with it together. And here at the OG, we're going to be bringing you that uh, as much as we can uh, in the future. Anything I'm to lying. say, boys? I'm here with I'm my lying. my uh, my my partners in crime, Roberto Bautain and uh, Dr. Jimmy Ruzolado.
1: Hi, everyone. Hope everyone's safe. Washing their hands.
0: <laughs> Me too. We're in Detroit uh, for, for those that don't know. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Metro Detroit has become a hotbed for uh, the coronavirus outbreak right now. So I think the city of Detroit proper is actually, uh, I think, either number three or number four for hot spots in the country right now, which is not great. And uh, we're just, uh, you know, trying to keep our head above water out here in the suburbs.
1: Yeah, and hopefully give everyone an hour or so of entertainment, maybe take their mind off of um, what's going on out there for a little bit.
2: So let me ask you this, Scott. One thing I'll, I'll say. Go ahead, Roberto. Let me ask you this, because we were just talking before we went live. That now that you know legal sports gambling is obviously not you know not happening and and you're you know, maybe some things are going backwards which is good for some of the guys that we talk about on a normal basis. Yeah. You yeah, want to we'll, expand yeah, on we'll that?
0: Off, we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about some news and notes from the underworld right now uh, and how the current health situation is playing in to mob activity. And like Roberto said, I think uh, there's a lot of mobsters right now, a lot of wise guys that are licking their chops and seeing this as a way to, you know, leverage the bad economy, leverage the health situation in the advantage of uh, their mob activity. And uh, you know, uh, me and Jimmy were talking off camera. Uh, it reminds us of a scene from The Sopranos and I think right after 9-11 uh, Tony has a has a, a meeting with all of his capital regimes, and some of his capitalists start complaining because uh, Tony's wondering where the money's coming Why isn't there enough money coming in from you guys every month? And they're like, hey, look, the whole country's you know in a recession. And he points to Silvio, and he says, Silvio, tell me what you just told me. And then, Jimmy, you finish it off.
1: Yeah, there are, uh, what, two industries recession-proof. Uh, uh, certain aspects of the entertainment industry... <laughs> And this thing of ours.
0: <laughs> That's what Silvio Dante told all the capos. So, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll throw out a couple things that, uh, you know, word on the street, if you will, to uh, two interesting anecdotes that I've heard in the last week. Um, one happening up in New England right now where they've shut down all the casinos. And I've heard that uh, there's a, um, well, this isn't breaking news, but there's been kind of a, uh, a relationship forged. Uh, from the Philadelphia crime family and the New England Patriarcha clan that started back in the late 1990s and then was on a hiatus for about a dozen years and picked back up in the 2010s. And uh, I heard that uh, this kind of union between the, the Philly mobsters and the New England mobsters, uh, they've, they've put up these makeshift backdoor casinos uh, in the last week to benefit from the, the shutdown of the the casinos in Connecticut and some in Massachusetts and some in upstate New York. And I heard they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're making money hand over fist and the line is out the door to try to get in to these, which I'm sure are just kind of petri dishes for this infection, which is horrible from a health uh, standpoint. But I heard that uh, their backdoor casinos are doing crazy business this last year, or sorry, this last uh, well- week um and then the thing about this because go ahead jimmy yeah
1: i'm sorry i just wanted to say not only are the legal casinos shut down but there are no sporting events so if you want to bet if you want to gamble right now your only option is one of these underground casinos right
0: yeah and i heard the biggest one is operating right now in a small town in rhode island which is kind of a, a a central hub for all the different new england states to be able to go to and uh Apply their trade, if you will, uh, both the gamblers and the the owners of these backdoor casinos. Wow! Because so think about—I mean, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jimmy, go ahead. I was just
1: going to say, I can't remember a time like this where, I mean, there's nothing to bet on. There are no, there, even if you—I mean, there are no soccer games going on internationally. I mean, there's no horse racing. I mean, isn't everything complete? I mean, there's yeah, nothing to bet on.
0: Down. Right. I mean, it's remarkable. What I think people are betting right now are on when different areas of the sports world will come back. Like there are right. betting lines, like when is the first MLB game going to be held in 2020? When is the first yeah. NFL game going to be held in 2020? When will the NBA playoffs start? Wow. Uh, I believe that. One, one small anecdote I heard here in Detroit. Um, I heard that. Uh, there's a wise guy, or a number of wise guys, that have uh, pulled their resources, if you will, out in northern Macomb County, that are uh, running a black market uh, 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 tissue paper, um, toilet paper ring, if you will, <laughs> and selling 10 uh, pack, 20 pack, 30 pack rolls of toilet paper for upwards of 20, 30 bucks a pop.
2: I would have done that, but I can't find any for myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you know, uh, any port in a storm, I guess they say.
1: Well, this is not entirely unprecedented because during World War II, we know that wise guys in New York and Detroit, probably other places, were able to hoard uh, ration coupons Yeah. for fuel, food, you know, resources, things like that.
0: And they put those on the black market.
1: Right. That's right. Uh,
0: so then a couple other news. um A couple more uh, news stories related to uh, the coronavirus outbreak and the underworld in America. Um, Some of these guys uh, that are locked up, some of these infamous, notorious mobsters, gangsters, drug kingpins that are locked up and that are aging and have been having health problems are using the coronavirus as a way to try to leverage their way out of prison. And a number of filings have been made in the last week. To two weeks uh, from a lot of these gangsters' attorneys claiming that they should be let out uh, on some type of compassion release because their health situation makes them more uh, vulnerable to the coronavirus. Probably the most notorious of that group is the, uh, the kingpin that led the Colombian Cali cartel, Gil- Gilberto Rodriguez Orellas, uh, uh, who um, became the world's biggest drug kingpin after Pablo Escobar uh, died, and they took over that entire market. And for about two or three years, between 1992, 1995, uh, the uh, Cali Cartel was responsible for 80% of the cocaine that was coming into the United States. And this guy was the uh, head of the snake, if you will, has been locked up since 1995, first in a Colombian prison, uh, and then got extradited to the United States to to face federal charges um, from his drug uh, dealing activities out of Miami where he had his son stationed and uh, he, I guess is in the middle of fighting colon cancer and stomach cancer. And his attorneys are saying that, you know, he should be able to fight that at home. Um, And, you know, he was uh, portrayed in the first season of narcos. And so if you've seen that, uh, if you've seen that show, you're aware of who this is. And I mean, this guy was as big as you got in the narcotic world of the 1980s and nineties on a global scale. Uh, was much more diplomatic than Pablo Escobar's Medellin cartel, and had a uh, more sophisticated, structured um, organization. Well,
1: and also he was, um, had better political connections, and what I mean by that is we know that the alliance to take out Pablo Escobar included not only the Cali cartel, but how about the United States government? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, which is another uh, chapter in the sordid uh, history of the war on drugs. Well, uh, with, I with, think the federal yeah, go yeah. ahead.
0: The feds in Colombia and the feds in America right. saw. Right. It's like that old saying: your enemy's enemy is your friend. That's right. That's
1: right. So they, the Cali cartel were... absolutely bankrolled. Uh, was it Los Pepes, the the yeah. uh, militia group that was going after Pablo? And the the U.S. government was providing them with intel, and the Cali Cartel was providing them with the
0: capital to run that
1: operation.
0: D- Don Gilberto is uh, in a uh, federal prison hospital in North Carolina right now, but the filings were made out of uh, federal court in Miami. Um, you know, a other things, you know. No. go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was just trying to say with the Cali Cartel, you know, there was a, a DEA agent busted not long ago for being uh, a dirty uh, DEA fed. Uh, was working with the Cali Cartel. I don't know if you heard that story. I think there was, was uh, not long ago. I not.
0: Um, In Florida, so yeah. Let's move real quick uh, to the Midwest, which is our uh, our home base here. But uh, out of Chicago, um, the most infamous Chicago mob figure of the modern times is a guy by the name of Albert uh, Albie, the Falcon Vena. Um, it's kind of a modern-day Tony Spilatro If you ever saw the movie Casino, uh, that was about Tony Spilatro, although his character in the film was named Nicky Santoro. Um, Albie Vina is actually married to Tony Spilatro's niece, and he is uh, kind of looking like Tony Spilatro. He's small, and this man is lethal. There are some people that uh, consider him in law enforcement the most dangerous man working uh, the streets of Chicago right now or walking the streets of Chicago right now. Uh, he's a suspect in literally dozens of gangland homicides dating back to the 1970s, and uh, he makes his headquarters out of a bar called Richard's bar. Uh, and it's been a long time, um, nerve center for Chicago's West side crew or grand Avenue crew. It's right off of grand Avenue on the, on the, on the near West side. Uh, it's next to an Italian restaurant called La Scrolla, which no has been, echo. uh, referred to as the, the West side mobs, uh, uh cafeteria. And, uh, well, Albie kind of goes, spends his, his uh, early afternoons at uh, La Scrolla and then goes next door to Richard's Bar uh, for the majority of the night. Ends up, usually leaves around 9 or 10 o'clock, but that's where he makes his headquarters. He's the street boss of the Chicago Mafia right now, running the Chicago Mafia on a day-to-day basis. And his headquarters um, were, was visited by the police last week uh, for violating... The health ordinance installed by the, the, the city of Chicago, which said no bars are, uh, are, are to be operating. And the Chicago police on the west side took calls that Richards uh, had 10 or 11 people at the bar drinking last Tuesday night. Um, I'm not sure if they were cited or not, but I know they received a visit from the police. I don't believe uh, Albi was on the premises, but uh, that is where Albi Vina spends most of his days. And the Richards bar has actually been in the news a lot the last month or two because a, uh, a bar fight result, uh, resulted in a second degree murder there back in February, um, which I've heard from my sources that the uh, uh, law enforcement surveillance units were out uh, surveilling the property when the murder occurred. Uh, it was a, a guy by the name of Kenny Paterimos who was killed um, by a uh, 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 a veteran of the military, a guy by the name of Thomas Tansy. I don't believe Tansy is mob connected, but I'm not certain uh, but they had a fight in the bar. Tansy was kicked out of the bar. Uh, and then when Paterimos and his brothers walked out to go home, uh, Tansy attacked him with a um, a box cutter and, and, and stabbed him to death. Uh, people Jeez. have said to me, although they can't confirm that Tansy is a um, uh, an associate of the West Side crew, that the West Side crew, Albie Vina specifically, and the guys working for Albie Vina are... Um, kind of famous on the street for using box cutters as enforcement tools. I
2: bet I bet it's a common thing right now, like bar owners to, you know, maybe let in your tw- 10, 12 regulars or something like that, or you're just your buddies or something like that. I'm sure that's going on everywhere, you know what I mean? Um,
0: and then, you know, finishing up our kind of news and notes – Uh, I know there's a lot of people stuck at home right now and binging the new Netflix sensation, Tiger King, (laughs) uh, which has a lot of of colorful characters in there. Every time I watch an episode, I turn to whoever I'm watching with, and I'm like, you could put the 10 greatest Hollywood screenwriters of all time into a room and tell them to create these characters, and they couldn't. No, This is real life and a real-life situation that happened over the last five or six years that is literally – incomprehensible the, the the level of craziness and lunacy that exists in this world of uh big cat theme parks i had around, never uh, america
2: i had never heard of the um i can't think of his name right now but the the big uh, drug kingpin that's featured in there right
0: so, in, so are the, are are the character- myths about him that's real right. in that yes yes so i talked so his name is mario uh tabro and uh he claimed in the in the documentary or the docu-series, if I will, uh, that he was the archetype uh, for Tony Montana, Scarface, that, that they modeled Tony Montana off him. And at first, I thought that was kind of dubious. Then I called some of my contacts in the DEA, and they said, no, that's true, that, yes, Scarface was a composite character. Tony Montana was a composite character of a lot of different real-life drug kingpins that do were you, uh, working you, the, the, the Miami streets at that time. Do, but, you,
2: do you think but, that Al Pacino knew that? He
0: it into a pie. What did you say?
2: Do you think that Al Pacino knew of that guy and was able to model him? as so, yes, yes. their voices well, are well, a little similar. And out.
0: so, yeah, if you were if you were gonna uh, you know make a pie chart of uh, all the drug dealers that that made up the real life drug dealers that made up the composite that was Tony Montana, this guy would be over fifty percent. Uh, he was a uh, part of the Cuban crime wave. had came over here from Cuba with his with his family, and you know started from. You know as drake said started from the bottom now we're here baby he went in a matter of uh you know 10 years from uh uh or less than 10 years from about five years from right off the boat uh, from cuba to one of the biggest kingpins in all of um southern florida he uh kind of looked like pacino a little bit in terms of his uh, dark complected um appearance he had a zoo which at his mansion, which you saw the Pacino character Tony Montana kept all these exotic animals. Oh, I forgot house. it. That's right. And I didn't even scene, think about that. Yeah, at the scene where they have the wedding after right. they uh, say their vows, everyone runs down and watches the tigers and lions uh, right. that the Tony Montana had in his private zoo.
2: Yeah, remember uh, Manny? Manny was, was saying. Remember prominent Manny was saying that he would. Yeah, this guy's—he's at the zoo all day looking at tigers. He's crazy. <laughs> the Tigers, the Pelicans, man. He said he's gonna buy a tiger.
0: The scanners, scanners, uh, and uh, <laughs> he had a throw. I guess he had, a, you know, you saw Tony Montana had a throne in his office with the initials T M on it. I guess uh, when Oscars, um, Oscar, when Oliver Stone was um, researching, he's the one who wrote the screenplay for Scarface. When he was researching it, I guess he saw. Uh, Mario's mansion and saw that throne but instead of having a TM it had an Mt uh, and then also he was very prominent at the uh, mutiny club which was the which was the basis of the Babylon Club uh, <laughs> that you saw in the film and then most importantly in terms of iconic imagery from the movie scarface uh, an incident that was included in his um, uh, an incident that was included in the indictment That brought down Mario Tabro And his organization which included his dad Which was called Operation Cobra There was a murder that was included in that uh, Indictment and that was the murder That the chainsaw scene In Scarface was modeled after Where they took a rival To a h- hotel In Miami off of Collins Avenue And now, it, it, I don't think they chopped him up Alive but they, they killed him Took him Sorry, guys. Uh, oh. Killed him, took him to uh, this this hotel and chopped him up with a chainsaw and kind of inspired by that story. Oliver Stone wrote the famous chainsaw scene in, in Scarface.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, that 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 guy was so interesting. I thought that they should just do the Netflix thing about him. Screw Joe Exotic. This guy, I thought yeah. this guy was way more interesting. I would love to have the documentary about him.
0: Yeah. So let's, we can use that to kind of transition into another uh, segment that we want to do. So within that Operation Cobra indictment, which brought down Mario Tabro and his, and his father, um, uh, one of his main lieutenants was a guy by the name of uh, Orlando Cecilia. And Orlando Cecilia was married to Senator Marco Rubio's sister. So that was Marco Rubio's brother-in-law.
2: Wow.
1: And my understanding is they were close growing up, Rubio and that, as brother-in-law.
0: So we want to kind of use that to segue into talking a little bit about uh, mob connections and politics. Because the the politics are very, very intertwined in this health crisis. It's kind of one and the same. And uh, maybe let you know about some of the people that have held office, that had some of these connections and some of the people that are trying to find Uh, a new spot in the in in, in the White House maybe uh, talk about you know some of their background and maybe talk about some of the people that are in the White House right now with uh, some of their uh, background and some of their connections before
2: before you do that though let me just say that since we are live if anyone has any questions they'd like to ask you know you guys for sure send them along we got a moderator here that's going to funnel the questions through to you guys and you know so if you have a question please feel free and we will get to it thanks
0: so I'll, I'll, I'll tee it up, and then I'll give it over to James. But a couple things I wanted to mention about names that are currently being bandied about uh, in, in the political press. Uh, Joe Biden, who is the former vice president, um, running for president now, uh, looks like he'll be the uh, candidate that the Democrats put up against Trump this fall. Um, it's not known how much he knew about what I'm about to tell you, but what is undisputed is uh, what I'm about to tell you did happen. Um, the Teamsters in Delaware, which were— uh, Joe Biden's home turf um, made it so certain political ads by Biden's rivals in his race for Senate, when he first won the Senate seat back in the 1970s, uh, they want the the Teamsters, who were mostly pro-Democrat, uh, except uh, when it came to Hoffa and, and the Nixon pardon, but was mostly pro-Democrat, wanted uh, Biden installed and or elected, and the Teamsters pulled off this kind of. Uh, Uh, I don't know if it would would be called propaganda coup, but it it, it involved um, uh, uh, not letting certain newspaper ads that were uh, used to campaign, that his rivals were using to campaign, not let those ads get to your front doorstep in your newspaper. So they kind of infiltrated... Uh, Whoever was uh, delivering the Delaware newspapers and took out those political ads that kind of came like in, uh, you know, within the newspaper. And they removed them. uh, And Biden ended up winning that that race, I believe, by a pretty small margin. And uh, Frank Sheeran, who everybody knows from the movie The Irishman, uh, came forth and and spoke about his role in in that uh, operation by the mob and the Teamsters uh, out of Delaware, saying he got the order to do that uh, from Angelo Bruno, who was the godfather of of the Philadelphia mafia. And then I'll also tell you that Kellyanne Conway, one of uh, Donald Trump's biggest kind of surrogates, who's out there speaking for him uh, on on the the cable news a lot, on the national news a lot the last couple of years, she comes from the Philadelphia, New Jersey area, and her uncle was a very famous mob enforcer by the name of uh, Vincent Jimmy the Brute Di Natale. Oh, that, and Jimmy, Jimmy Conway Debrut was quite a, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy the was no one to trifle with back in the seventies and eighties and sixties. Uh, he worked for Angelo Bruno and then Nicky Scarfo and uh, was a, I believe, a soldier in their uh, New Jersey faction. So those are kind of two interesting uh, uh, connections. And then Jimmy's going to tell you a little bit about uh, the Cherry Hill Gambinos and uh, and Roger Clinton.
1: Yeah, if, I mean, if we go back, I mean, even even um, just mentioning just for a moment the East Coast guys, we know that uh, Donald Trump, too, to, uh, to build his casinos in Atlantic City, uh, in, in Trump's autobiography, he even says, quote, I knew the right people. Well, you can decode that. Yeah. You don't,
0: that, you know, <laughs> and that Tony Salerno from the Genovese. Right. He right. controlled all the construction. Right. Bill Ionetti from the Philadelphia family, he controlled all the construction in New Jersey. Uh, Tony, Fat Tony Salerno and the Genovese controlled all the construction in New York. That's right. where the majority of Trump, Trump's uh, building was were being done when Trump was building his name and his brand.
1: Right. It's unimaginable that he could construct those hotels and can, casinos without without um, you know working with uh, East Coast Cosa Nostra families. Um, Even
0: the buildings he was building in New York, though, with, outside of New, uh, Atlantic City, he that's right. Deal the Genovese.
1: That's know. right. So
0: you have him. You you have Biden. If you go back. Um, to, uh, let me, uh, let me clear. be clear real quick. We don't know if Joe Biden had any knowledge that that was being done on his behalf. We just know that it was right. being done on his behalf.
1: Right. Um, but also, uh, if you go back to the Clinton years, uh, Rosario Gambino, a member of the uh, Cherry Hill Gambinos, who, who, by the way, was indicted in Italy not long ago, the United States had extradited him to Italy Uh, a few years ago and then uh, not long after that he was indicted again in a recent sweep but Rosario Gambino is a prominent member of the Cherry Hill Gambino faction of the uh, Gambino crime family in New York and the three brothers Rosario, John and uh, Joe Gambino. My understanding is that John Gambino and Joe Gambino were made members of the New York Gambino family and that Rosario uh, was always a made member of the family in uh, Sicily but they they work together lived together uh, collaborated together and uh, anyhow um, when Rosario Gambino uh, was indicted and convicted on uh, drug trafficking charges in the 80s uh, I think his sentence was uh, I mean it was like 40 years or something like that he's I mean, like a huge sentence they gave him and when Bill Clinton became president a few years later uh, we know that Roger Clinton was a uh, slippery character if you will Bill Clinton's brother and the Gambino family uh, reached out to him uh, became friendly with him and actually uh, um, money was exchanged and the idea was they would give money to Roger Clinton and he would lean on his brother to give Rosario Gambino a pardon presidential pardon and uh, I mean we're talking about a few hundred thousand dollars at least was passed on I think some jewelry uh, was passed on to Roger Clinton from the Gambino's and this was all documented in congressional um, hearings by the way congressional committee hearings and uh, ultimately Roger didn't deliver and so Rosario Gambino remained in prison and uh, it's just kind of an interesting uh, story because I imagine if the Gambinos had paid that kind of money to anyone else for that and the person did
0: not deliver I think they would have whacked him (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look at <laughs> no, Philadelphia with uh, Judge Al- uh, Edwin Helfand. Um, right, right. About it in my book, Mafia Prince. Uh, they paid him, the Philadelphia mobsters paid him a bribe to get someone off, and he didn't get someone off, and uh, they kind of bided their time. And, and then that guy that had to go to prison uh, who had paid the bribe who didn't get off, a guy by the name of Nick the Blade uh, Virgilio, uh, you know, within a couple uh, months of getting out of prison, he was given the okay to go kill Judge Hellfant and he did and he did right so I think at any other level
1: probably Roger Clinton would have been would have been killed as a result of this but obviously you kill the president's brother that that's that's not good for business so um, but that's an interesting example uh, we know Nixon if we go back even further Richard Nixon had a number of mob ties to uh, not only the teamsters like you Tony, golf and Tony and Meyer Lansky. right he used to play golf with him right uh, who was the Meyer Lansky saw, uh, Irishman he the president was playing golf with him right with Tony Pro um, and what was the what was the Meyer Lansky guy Nixon was connected to BB uh, what, what's his name um, uh, I can't think maybe someone watching can can, uh, can type in but Nixon had uh, ties to uh, some some uh, gangsters uh, even going back to Harry Truman and the uh, Pendergast machine not Italian mafia, but Irish, certainly like, an, um, maybe like the Nucky Thompson of uh, Missouri, if you will, back then, the Pendergast uh, machine, and, and Pendergast was connected to a lot of Italian guys like Frankie Coppola, guys like that in the 30s and 40s, and and we know that, I mean, he was Harry Truman's patron, I, I mean, Dad. Uh, yeah, right, so those guys were all connected to Pendergast, and, uh, I mean, that was Harry Truman's, like mentor and sponsor there's no way harry truman would have have gotten as far as he did without the support of that, that political machine and then there was the murder right the murder at the democratic party headquarters mm-hmm. in uh um at, at that time uh a you probably a know a it was a right right murder. It was a right murder. It was scott probably can and charlie Corolla. right right so um it's just some interesting these are some of the more Maybe well-known connections
0: uh, I think it, that's how Nick Sabella came into power right? right because of that murder at the Democratic Club
1: and there's the infamous picture with the bodies laid out and there's the big um, what is it is it a big portrait of uh, of Harry Truman or something in the background yes yes let me see if I can find the book Hold on them.
2: Um, Well, while we're doing that, let me, uh, I want to, I want to shift into, we, you know, we've been talking, we talked about Tiger King. We're talking about quarantine. We're all at home. We all need to watch movies and everything we can consume. Everyone's caught up, right?
0: And I had a We've seen everything that we knew that we should see. Now we're going to tell you things that you didn't know that you should see, but you should. (laughs) Right. But, you know, and I took
2: a lot of flack on my day job uh, yesterday. Cause I, I I did a um, oh there you go, look at that.
1: This is this is from um, uh, the Mafia and the Machine, uh, a very very good book by um, uh, Frank Haid, by the way. And well, yeah, yeah, we'll, sorry to we're, interrupt. And we're, bu- we're going to show you guys
2: yeah, some book. We're going to show you guys some books too God, that you can read. Yeah. So I wanted to, you know I, I was saying. Uh, On my day job, on the other show I work on, I did a top mob uh, films, top 10 yesterday, and I took a lot of heat for my number five pick, which was the HBO Gotti movie with Armand Asante.
0: (laughs) What was, give me the uh, breakdown again, you were doing best mob movies?
2: Yes, I did my top 10 list. Okay,
0: well, give me your top 10, let me hear it, let me hear the top 10.
2: See, a real guy has that on hand, see how quick he came up with that? All right, hold on. Let me let me grab it right here. I got it. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Give me one second.
0: Did you put it in order?
2: Yes. Like rank them? Yep. Hold on. Let me search.
0: So, Jimmy, did you hear, Roberto? We're going to tell everyone uh, all the movies that they didn't know they should they should like, but we're going to tell them uh, movies to go see that we know they'll like, related to kind of the gangster genre.
2: And I will tell you, a lot of guys, a
0: yeah, lot of and guys, they,
1: and they and some.
2: Go ahead. We got to tell you people what to like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will say there was a lot Uh, of um... – Roberto, your feed is coming in like – your feed is coming in real janky, and now it's paused, just FYI.
0: Oh, no. This is our first time doing this, people, so we'll, we'll work out the kinks. You know, we'll get this thing uh, running smoother as uh, as we yeah. Get I'm over. seeing Scott in real time, but not you, Robbie. Yeah, Roberto's a little lost. Uh, yeah, you guys,
2: you guys look good to me. I don't know. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll catch up in a second. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. I can hear you fine. It's just your your picture is is delayed. It'll catch up. So let me give you my top ten. Ten, Donny Brasco. Yeah. Nine, Scarface. Okay. Eight. Easy,
0: come, hold on one second. Are we saying gangster movies or mob movies?
2: Yeah, not not gangster. Yeah, right. So it doesn't have to be uh, Italian mafia. It can be Irish. It can be a gang.
0: uh, Scarface, a mob movie. It's not really a mob
2: movie. It's any gang. gang Any gangster film. So eight is American Gangster. Seven is uh, Departed. Six, I went Carlito's way five, I went to HBO Gotti, which caught, I mean, people were just, I mean, you
0: you'd think I uh, peed on everyone's shoes, but that was a great, for what that was, no one's comparing that to Goodfellas or the Godfather, it's an HBO movie, for an HBO movie, that is the best you could get, and it was pre-Sopranos,
2: it It was pre-Sopranos, so it really gave you what Sopranos turned out to be, you, you know, a few years earlier,
0: I asked Neil, what's it all about?
2: What's it all about? about (laughs) I love it. I love that. So four, I went four Casino, three Goodfellas, two Godfather, number one, Godfather part two.
0: Yeah, I go Godfather two, number one. Yeah. No Once Upon a Time in America, though. The Jewish
2: Godfather. Well, yeah, that'll get us into like the you know the B side of things because everyone's you know has seen everything. Now people need to watch you know other good good movies to find one that you know a lot of ones that were coming in on our text on in the show yesterday was a uh, Road to Perdition, Once Upon a Road to Time Perdition in America, was
0: yeah,
2: Um, What's Usual the other one Suspects. What did you say after Road to Perdition?
0: He's, he's not coming through on my, oh, on my uh, end, Robbie. I can hardly hear you. You're breaking up.
2: Once Upon a Time in America was the other one.
0: Yeah. That's what I just said. Yeah. That's the Jewish Godfather. Right. It's very slow, though. For people that are looking for, like, a fast movie, that's not it.
2: Right. What so do you I guys think? What do you guys think? Kind of Go ahead while I'm fixing this.
0: Well, I think the way that you should look at it is the way people love Point Break or the way people love Roadhouse. They're not. Good movies, but they're great, bad movies or good, bad movies. Um, yeah, they're fun I, to Road watch. House, I mean, Valeni and his whole crew, which Roberto's a part of, didn't they do a whole podcast on the the, the greatness that is Roadhouse?
2: Yes. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot and of movies like me, that. You
0: could say that's a gangster movie. I mean, uh, the Ben Gazzara character, Brad Wesley, is like the, the hillbilly mob boss.
1: Yeah, Dixie, Dixie Mob Boss.
0: Dixie Mob. Yeah. I think... Uh, about, the, yeah, go ahead. Now. I was going to say, in the same vein of kind of hillbilly mob stories, uh, Next of Kin, with Patrick... I never Stewart, saw that. Ken, it's about uh, uh, these, like... They're from, like, Appalachia. And Liam Neeson plays his brother, and he lives in Chicago. And Liam Neeson somehow gets killed by the Chicago mob. And the the brother played by Patrick Swayze goes to Chicago from Appalachia and takes on the Chicago mob. And what's so great about that movie is that the mob Don's son, who's supposed to be like the Sonny Corleone of that movie is Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah. That's not a very good casting, uh. <laughs> but it's a great bad movie again. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think, I mean, what I'm going to do for my, I'll, I'll give, like my top five here and uh, the way I'm categorizing this is they're either like B movies like Scott is talking about that are not necessarily great movies but they're fun to watch or movies that were critically acclaimed or at least big budget that uh, people knew about at the time but just are, are I would argue overlooked today. Yes so I have a mix in my top five of, of movies that maybe you've heard of but just that they just don't get enough love I think and then in a couple of cases more obscure movies that um, that uh, maybe you're less familiar with so I'll, I'll start off if you don't mind Go ahead. Um, my number five is um, and this is a, a movie that was uh, uh, critically acclaimed at the time but I just don't think people talk about it enough anymore is Bugsy with uh, Warren Beatty and Annette Bening. Um, It won awards at the time. It got a lot of buzz. got a lot of love. But I just, I don't know, the last several years, Mm -hmm. when people talk about great gangster films, I just don't think they mention this enough. So definitely not a B-movie, but just
0: uh, I think it's overlooked.
1: So I would definitely... in in
0: In terms of an authentic story and being true to the facts and still being... Uh, very dramatic and and telling a great story without going too far above and beyond with Twisting the Facts. Bugsy 15. Right. Yeah, I, I love it.
1: I love um, Harvey Keitel's Mickey Cohen. Just a great, great cast. Meyer Lansky. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, I was telling Roberto the other day, that movie is so... I, I mean, I would maybe even put it in my top ten overall gangster films because... When I think of Meyer Lansky and Bugsy Siegel, to this day when I'm doing research, Ben Kingsley and Warren Beatty come into my head. That's what, yeah. that's who I think of as to this day as Meyer Lansky and and Bugsy Siegel. Yeah. Uh, my number four, another big budget film, a uh, lot of big stars, but just, I mean, the critics didn't like it. I think is uh, um, Public Enemies. Yeah. I love yeah. this yeah. film. Jimmy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really underrated. I don't know why the critics didn't like it. You have Christian uh, Bale, uh, Johnny Depp, uh, Stephen Graham, uh, just a number of other great characters in there. Um, Pretty Boy Floyd, John Dillinger. Yeah, maybe tell them Faye what it's also. about. It's about, the,
0: it's about, the, it's about the, the famous outlaws of the early 1930s that were kind of right. The Great Depression Campid outlaws.
1: Right, bank uh, the big bank robbing gang. So you have uh, Dillinger and his gang. There's appearances by Babyface Nelson, Elvin Carpus, uh, Pretty Boy Floyd, and um, there's even a a subplot in the film about the Italian mafia, specifically the Chicago outfit. So um, the the action. I mean, there's just a lot of action in there. I, I don't know why. I don't know what the, the critics, why people don't like it. I mean, in my crime and film classes in the past, we've we I've had the students watch it and um, I don't know. Their comment was they thought it was too slow at times. Okay, like yeah, I've heard people say it's too slow. I don't agree. Too slow. I don't agree either. I mean, they, they 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 acknowledge that the action scenes are like crazy, you know, fun to watch. But in between the action scenes, they just say it moves too slow. So I disagree, but I understand. What about the? Uh, yeah.
0: talk about how aesthetically beautiful that was, though, Michael. Oh Mann yeah, Michael Mann. Amazing movies. Just in terms yeah, of visual.
1: Yeah, Michael Mann. Um, it's a very stylistic uh, film, and I think really captures uh, the ni- that that era, 1930s. Just the costume design, the set design, the automobiles, the uh, the weapons they're using. Um, I, I think um, if you like vintage 1930s gangster films, you already mentioned *Road to Perdition*, *Untouchables*, *Miller's Crossing*. If you like those kinds of films, I think you'll like. Uh, public Enemies. Yep. Speaking of Public Enemies, speaking of John Dillinger, my number three pick is uh, the film Dillinger from the 1970s. It uh, came out around the time of, uh, a little bit after Bonnie and Clyde. So um, another film that I just think is uh, underrated, people don't talk about a lot, but if you want to go a little deeper and you like the 1930s outlaws, check out uh, Dillinger. Is that one? Uh, Oates him. Um. Yeah, I don't remember. You're the better. You're the better uh, a film guy. Girl, a
0: cinephile.
1: Right, cinephile. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, Warren Oates. Yeah. Very good. And uh, Harry Dean Stanton is in it too. Um. And number two pick. Uh, we don't need to talk about it too much because we already went into it. But um, looking for my props here. Um. Oh. Um, Let me guess. Harlem Scotty. Knight. Scotty. <laughs> no, not Harlem <laughs> Nights. Scotty. Um. <laughs> And then my number one, my number one pick here is definitely a B film. Okay, and you guys are gonna laugh, but I love it, and I have a personal connection to this film, *The Youngest Godfather*. Yeah, with Martin Landau. <laughs> oh yeah, so with that's Martin gone. Landau. it's no, good. Right? And um, the reason why uh, this is my favorite is not only is it interesting, the Bonanno crime family is probably my. Uh, one of my favorite uh, research uh, uh, options and uh, but also there is a uh, an important character in the film Feligi Buccellato, so uh, an ancestor of mine so uh, that's another reason why I have a personal bias
2: toward this film what about boss of bosses <laughs>
0: Uh, And that's okay. I wouldn't commentary. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't put in my top five, but it's it's that's a fun movie. Yeah, I have that on DVD too. So let me throw let me throw some out. Sure, or throw some names out there. Uh, So we're 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 gonna go the B movie route to start. Um, Well, you know, I love this movie. It's so cheesy, but it's really really good for that type of movie, and it's called American Yakuza, and it stars Viggo Mortensen. Uh, from the 1990s, the same guy that was in, you know, Eastern Promises and, and History of Violence. Um, it's Viggo Mortensen, who also plays Lely in uh, Carlito's Way. Right. I got diapers! I got diapers! <laughs> yeah. Right. I can't hop no more! <laughs> yeah, just uh, kill me! It's uh, something he else! Plays, he plays an FBI agent in, uh, in Los Angeles, a white guy that infiltrates the Japanese Yakuza. Uh, it's super B movie. It might've not even ever been at the theaters. I used to catch it on HBO. Now I own a, a, a Blu-ray copy of it. And I, I love that. One of my favorite B, B gangster movies. Um, then, uh, another one that I really like that, uh, I might've spoken about in here before, but I'm not sure it's called amongst friends. Um, it's the only real star in that movie is Mira Sorvino. Um, who went on to be an A list actress for a while in the 90s and 2000s? She was uh, either married or engaged to Quinn Tarantino. Yeah. She won an Oscar for a Woody Allen film. I'm sorry. Her dad is Paul Sorbino, Paul Lee, um, <laughs> from uh, Goodfellows. And she and her dad actually produced it, uh, financed a lot of this movie. And it's about uh, five or four, sorry, four Jewish teenage friends on Long Island. Uh, in the early 90s that uh, really uh, admire, idolize their grandpas that are all kind of Jewish bookies for the Italian mob. And it's like how quickly they get in over their head, trying to, you know, act out as these gangsters, when in fact, they come from upper middle class to rich, affluent New York families. But you got these guys, instead of going off to college, they want to be gangsters. Uh, And it was written and directed by Rob Weiss, who I'm uh, I'm fortunate to call a personal friend of mine uh, Rob is, is, is one of the minds Behind the show Entourage Created Entourage Created the show Ballers With, uh, uh, with The Rock And this was his first foray into Hollywood And everyone was kind of uh, Projecting that he was going to be the next Big Hollywood director Because this movie was, a, was a kind of an independent Sensation back in the early 90's um, and Again it launched Mira Sorvino's career Great soundtrack uh, Great dialogue and uh, just kind of has really gotten lost because there were no breakout stars and it was a low-budget film. But, uh, you know, when I've talked to Rob Weiss about what happened after that movie, why did it take you, you know, 10 years from then to then create Entourage? And, you know, his excuse is uh, he got engaged to Shannon Doherty, who was uh, Brenda, uh, Brenda Walsh from Beverly Hills 90210. And if anybody knows uh, Shannon Doherty's history, she was a bit of a tabloid diva. And uh, Rob kind of says, I got... Got swooped up into that orbit, and it you know, kind of took a bite out of my career. But he came back swinging with Entourage. That's a you know an all time great film, and uh, you should check out Amongst Friends if you can. I believe it's on Prime. Um, in terms, I know of, Roberto loves you know, 90210, By the way, I I have Roberto a bu- loves Nineteen Two One Zero. Pleasure. I got the box
2: set. He loves it. I got the box set. I can go grab it right now.
0: (laughs) I never watched it for the record, but. (laughs) Another, uh, I I find this movie entertaining, even though it's just god awful. But I find it entertaining. I'm a, I'm someone who writes and reports on the Philadelphia Mafia, and I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt a lot of people's feelings in Philadelphia because they despise this movie. But I, I just think it's so horrible. It's so horrible. There's part of it that's entertaining to me. It's called Tenth and Wolf. It's a very, very cool. fictionalized version yeah. of Tommy Lee, of Skinny Joey Merlino. Tommy Lee plays an Italian mafia right. guy. Right. Oh and my Motley god. Crew, Tommy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, a, it's kind of a fictionalized uh, that one of his friends from childhood had left and comes back and, and infiltrates uh, the skinny, Mer, uh, skinny Joey Merlino crew. In the movie, Giovanni Ribisi plays the lead character. He's not Joey Merlino. He's Joey Marcucci. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dennis uh, he, he Hopper is in that movie, Italian, too. Sicilian Don. And uh, it's it's Dennis so Hopper horrible. is in that movie. It's entertainment. Sorry, I'm talking over you, Jimmy. What he yeah. No, Dennis Hopper is in that movie. There's a it's yeah, actually Hopper. a decent cast. Yeah, Dennis Hopper plays the Nicky Scarfo character. Hmm. Right,
1: right. So even though Tommy Lee is in there, there's actually some there's some. It's a decent cast. Uh,
0: yeah, I can't remember. James who else Mar- is in there. James Marsden, James Mar- 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 right? He's the one who plays the, the, the cop that infiltrates. Uh, Joey, yeah. uh, Joey Marcucci.
1: And who's his love interest in that movie? Isn't she someone Ky-
0: big? Piper Paraboo from Piper. Uh, Ky- okay, right? Well, yeah, there's a few people. That I agree with you. That's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one that I really like that maybe people have never heard of is called Monument Avenue. It's a movie about the Irish mob in uh, Boston. Uh, another movie that covers that same territory is Southie that I really like. And Southie's got Donnie Wahlberg in it. Um, Monument Avenue is Dennis Leary. I believe he wrote it. And, uh, it's kind of a, you know, it, it, his character, uh, is a little bit similar to the character he played in uh, the movie where, or the television show where he's the fireman. Um, I'm yeah, I know what you're like talking about. It's a popular show. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a version of the fireman. And it's about right. a, a group of friends growing up in South Boston that, uh, kind of run afoul of the, of the, of the, of the Boston Irish mafia um uh i love american me and blood in blood out kind of a <laughs> similar stories that tell the story of la m a those are very good yeah the, i would they, i would say there that's the that's the, the 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 mexican godfather
1: yeah very good film and american um, me, i
0: think is better than blood in blood out but they're both very good yeah um I another agree. movie that i really liked uh, a foreign film that i really like that's got turned into a popular uh, American television show is called Animal Kingdom um, it's a show with Ellen Barkin I believe on TBS or TNT but it's based on a Australian gangster movie from the early 2010s just excellent excellent movie isn't that kind a of like uh, like white trash
1: gangsters or something like uh, that
0: they're not white trash It was a family of, of uh, a kind of a gangster family with the mom being the matriarch uh, okay and that was yeah, the mom in that movie, I believe her name is Jackie Weaver. She got nominated for an Oscar for her portrayal of the of the Queenpin in that film. And then uh, the American audiences will probably recognize her more from the movie Silver Linings Playbook, where she played Robert De Niro's wife. All oh, right, right. Um, some some movies from the 80s that I love that that, that I think have been overlooked. Um, to Live and Die in L.A. with yeah. William Peterson. Yeah, that's about, good uh, film. It's, kind of, it's not really the mobs per se but it's about the no. folk plays a an LA gangster who's a counterfeiter. And yeah. uh, w- William Peterson is uh is a cop that's that's uh, trying to it's like a cat and mouse game with him and the counterfeiter.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good film. Which yeah. ones uh Roberto what would you what would you pick
2: for like either B films or or maybe bigger budget films but just are underappreciated? Uh, some of the ones, you know, and then we took calls on, on the Valenti show yesterday. And um, one of the ones that came up a couple times, I was surprised, was the movie Hoodlum. That, you know. Yeah,
0: Hoodlum's good. It's, it's yeah, that's right. okay. About Bumpy Johnson. Yeah. Right. Lawrence Fishburne. Right. Yeah, Andy Garcia plays uh, Lucky Luciano. Lucky Luciano. And Tim Roth plays Dutch Schultz. And, and that's right, yeah. And I here's another down one. Yeah.
2: This is another one I'll say that people overlook and now's the time we're all at home. Listen, it's a good 3 hours to kill. Watch Godfather 3, okay? It's not as bad I mean, as people say. It's a great Godfather movie.
0: 3 is, yeah. is is too hated upon.
2: Right. I agree great. with both of you.
0: It's not Godfather 1 or 2, but it's not horrible. No. No, no it's 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 entertaining.
2: And then uh there's, there's a lot to like about it.
0: All I gotta say is this: quick anecdote.
2: Joey Zaza. Go ahead. (laughs) Joey Zaza. That's all I gotta say.
0: Yeah, let's just just tell everyone. Anyone that's a big hip hop fan, they probably know who Big Meech is. Demetrius Flannery, Big Meech, uh, the most iconic black drug kingpin, black mob boss ever. Maybe you know other than Bumpy Johnson and Nicky Barnes, led the Black Mafia family uh, through the '90s and 2000s. His alias on the street. Was Joey Zaza, because he loved that character so much in <laughs> Godfather 3.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, uh, I, like, I like Godfather 3, too, a lot. I, I agree with both of you, though. I mean, it's not perfect. It's, it's uneven at times. But it's not as bad as people,
0: as critics, dismiss it. I, I agree 100%. It, I it's really an entertaining <laughs> film. I think the biggest flaw in Godfather 3, in my opinion, or one of the biggest flaws, in both 1 and 2, they do an excellent job of capturing the era Yes. I in three, that the era is so non-essential to the storytelling, and it was a fascinating era. It's supposed to be nineteen seventy-nine, nineteen eighty. Right. There was a it lot could be of, any time though. Right. But I'm saying there's a lot of uh, uh, transition going on in the American Mafia at that point. What? And you kind of see it with the old versus new generation with Joey Zaza, but that the the way that the the costuming and right design he doesn't look at all like it's 1979 i i I agree that's what i mean it could be you watch it could
2: be any time you don't really get that 70s feel i agree it could be 1990 when the movie came out i mean it could have been modern No, that's when i
0: i saw it as a kid i thought it was modern time
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because like yeah but i wonder um, why 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 1979 specifically do you think do you think that because that was a big war time obviously or, you know obviously when you watch the point irishman point every guy died in 1979 or 1980 but
0: yeah it was the, it was the first generation of the mob leaders the guys that had taken over in the 30s and 40s were all passing away in the 1970s and you had this whole new era of bosses that were taking over around the country but especially in new york city
2: and i guess if 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 yeah. if, 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 in, if in part 2 michael corleone you know what is that 1959
0: yeah no yeah the first yeah it's 19 yeah so the first uh Godfather One is supposed to take place uh nineteen uh 48 ish. Uh and then two is flashing back between the early twentieth century and nineteen fifty nine when the uh overthrow of Cuba occurred. So
2: they probably just rounded up, hey, he's twenty years older now. Let's let's go with that, yeah. I guess. I don't yeah.
0: Right. Well, also uh, another- um the
1: uh I mean there's a there's a a line in the movie where uh Michael Corleone says in some ways he doesn't he doesn't he understands what Joey Zaza is doing because he says out with the old in with the new like right. this is this is part of then how he, it works. Michael Corleone did the same thing in right. Godfather the first one right when he whacked all the, the heads of the five families so um, and I like the whole Vatican I, I noticed some of the critics that that's a problem they have with the film that I actually like I think it's that's gone. intriguing because that was really going on there was corruption with the Vatican Bank that ties into the Cherry Hill Gambino's too by the way especially John Gambino is connected to the banker uh, uh, Sedona so um, I, I like that part of the film my, my biggest part of the my biggest critique is first of all I agree with Scott about the the, the costume design the set design is is underwhelming and unconvincing but uh, the uh, the casting that I agree with the critics so Sofia was great. Andy
0: Garcia was great,
1: though. I thought Andy Garcia is great, but Sofia Coppola is is bad as um, the daughter. Oh, and talk. also George Hamilton. George Hamilton is the is the lawyer. <laughs> he's no. He no, uh, should have shelled out bad. the money to bring Duval back. That's right. They wouldn't do it. That's why Duval didn't take because they had to. They actually had to rewrite that whole part because he was supposed to be in that but think, film. But think
2: about I that didn't though. Love like
0: Wallach as the, the mob boss either. But think about right. that. Yeah, it, I agree.
2: Tom, it, Tom Hagen would have been—he would have been in his eighties, right? I mean, he, he was, was ten years age older 10 than years Michael. Same
0: age as, uh, but, of course Michael Well, God.
1: let's first of all let us just say something here with all the with the Godfather epic, the the three films between Puzo and Coppola, there is all there are all sorts of inconsistencies with time, right? Even like if you look at the, the, the funeral, I mean, at the, um, at the cemetery, Vito Corleone's uh, tombstone doesn't match up with the time frame that they talk about in Godfather 2. There's all sorts of inconsistencies with time. So even Godfather 3, that's only 20 years, takes place, 7959, but they make, they make Al Pacino look like he's 95 <laughs> years old. It doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense. So there are all sorts of inconsistencies with time through the uh, movies. And some of the novels, subsequent novels, tried to, like, kind of um, account for that and, and tie that in. So we're talking about, you know, if, books that you may want to read while you're uh, self-isolating. Um, I think that the—I uh, like the uh, the Godfather uh, books that came out after. Um, this is the Corleone family. I have the— um, the uh the right the godfather returns weingard and then um uh godfather's revenge so um or they can um I, have, I don't know where it is but i have the sicilian somewhere too that was an actual mario puzo book that ties that, in, but, bad. yeah i have that here too
0: you'll, you'll notice that didn't make my list though <laughs> it's so it's so bad um I, but, know, um I don't know what that director did I think I've said this before. You know what the Michael Cimino, who was the director of The of, of did, which is a movie that yeah. I love, which yeah. is another, uh, uh Asian mob movie, is um, uh, The Year of the Dragon. That's oh, right. a great watch if you've never seen it. And it's like there's kind of like a war going on between the Asian mob and the Italian mob in New York. Mickey Rourke plays a cop that's trying to bring down the, the Chinese mob. Great, great movie. Well in fairness
1: to the Sicilian the film he was unable to secure the rights to the godfather characters that are in the book so if you read the book Michael Corleone's in it, right. Clemenza, there's, there's godfather characters in there and he wasn't able to uh, from the Puzo estate I don't know how you were able to make the movie but not get certain characters but whatever that was the case so um, but if, if you're interested in like uh, connecting the dots those books that I just mentioned the four books. Um, cover the years that aren't covered in the films if that makes sense so w- movies one two three uh the 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 years that are the lost years are are covered in those books so if you're a godfather nerd like uh like i am i i suggest that uh, you you
0: give those a, a read let me wrap it up let's start to wrap it up a little bit let me rapid fire some more names of some movies that if you haven't seen you should all right i'm gonna start with uh raw deal another Good, bad movie. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger's only Italian mob movie where he plays a (laughs) a police officer who tries to infiltrate the Chicago mafia. I remember that. Good, bad movie. I remember that, yeah. Uh, If you love the movie Heat, if you love Michael Mann, go look at Thief. Thief is kind of uh, the way that Mean Streets is to Martin Scorsese films. Thief is to Michael Mann films. You can see all of his future films in his first uh, outing, and in Thief, you gotta, uh, The way I look at Thief is that it's the, uh, the Robert De Niro character from Heat, but 20 years earlier, because it's pretty much the same character, and you're seeing kind of him earlier in his life as a professional thief, uh, dealing with the Chicago Mafia. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's very exciting, very intriguing, uh, very fast-paced, great dialogue. Um, if you haven't seen Mean Streets and you love Martin Scorsese, I, I recommend you, you, you take a look. It's his first movie. And again, it's a blueprint for all future uh, 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 um, Martin Scorsese films from the beginning to the way the soundtrack to the Rolling Stones to the way the stories tell to De Niro and Keitel. Great, great.
2: A couple more that came in uh, during the show yesterday was uh, Pritzy's
0: Honor. Pritzy's Honor is pretty good um, with with, uh, Jack Nicholson. It's kind of a (laughs) tongue-in-cheek mob film Um, from that same era, though. Uh, uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Yeah, that was very the other good, one. Very authentic. Mickey Rourke again. Burt Young. Um, I love State of Grace. It's a, an Irish mob movie with uh, uh, Sean Penn and Ed Harris and Gary Oldman. Just you know, again, another movie where a, a an old time friend um, returns to the neighborhood and the the mobsters that he's returning to don't realize that he's actually a uh, an FBI agent and he's infiltrating the the Irish mob. Um, let so me they, let me um
1: let me interrupt for a second yeah. the reason why people appreciate this the reason why i just had to step away for a moment is uh i'm cooking my uh pasta sauce and you can't let it stick you can't <laughs> let it burn I can <laughs> smell it in the kitchen so that's why i had to jump oh, away for a second oh your brother, sauce, your brother your so. brother in the uh,
2: wheelchair isn't there to watch the sauce? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no that's
0: right no i'm afraid not <laughs> To go fly with my lucky hat. Yeah, forget your fucking hat. Uh, Sorry,
1: Scott, go nights, ahead.
0: Gr- we Own the Night's a great movie about the Russian mob. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Wahlberg, Robert Duvall um, from uh, the same oh, yeah. uh, director, yeah. James Gray, who I really yeah. like. He also did The Yards, which is with uh, Wahlberg and Joaquin Phoenix, which is a good New York uh, kind of gangster flick. That's a
2: suspenseful film, We yeah. Own the Night. Let me, let me, let me favorite, say this. Um, One that British was coming TV. in a lot yesterday... One that was coming in a lot yesterday, but I don't yeah, – technically there are gangsters in it, so I guess you have to account it as True Romance.
0: Oh, true Romance. Oh, I like that film. It's my yeah. favorite Tarantino movie. Yeah. I didn't direct good it, but wrote it. And yeah. a lot of it takes place in Detroit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great – James
0: Gandolfini. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, Christopher Walken. Dennis Hopper. The scene between Walken and Chats. Hopper is an all-time great scene oh. in the history of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's classic. Yeah, I would agree. I put that but film for, for, black, for sure. Black gangster movies, Sugar Hill, kind of a poor man's New Jack City, but still really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Paid in Full, which is the true story of love uh, uh, Alpo and uh, Rich Porter. You don't like it?
2: No, I do. I love it. No, them. he loves her. Oh, oh yeah, yeah.
0: Full, great. Um, in terms of you know black exploitation gangster movies that I really like, everyone talks about Superfly, uh, across 110th Street. Great one. Uh, you know, talks about the Italian mob and that one. Black Caesar Those you know, are fun. is kind of like the Black Mafia yeah. taking on the Italian Mafia. Uh, that's great. Black Godfather is a real B B level movie from the '70s, which I enjoy. Uh, Those movies are fun. Uh, yeah, uh, Federal Hill is a good independent movie from the '90s that's shot in black and white. Has Frank Vincent in it. Yes, 110. <laughs> great song <laughs> that was played in Jackie Brown. Give me look at that. <laughs> opens the movie Jackie Brown, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are... those. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Is this Anthony uh, Quinn? Two movies that deal with... Du- yeah. Anthony Quinn, The Outback Coda. Uh, two movies that talk about... Du- or that portray Dutch Schultz. Uh, Billy Bathgate, which uh, yeah. got panned in the theaters with Dustin Hoffman playing Dustin uh, Hoffman. Yeah. But I, I think it's, it's decent. I thought it's decent. Um, Cotton Club. Which was the follow-up to Godfather with Puzo and That's Coppola. Good. And it was a utter disaster uh, financially. And there was actually some... Uh, uh, there was a, a gangland murder that was associated to the production of the film and the way that it was financed via Robert Evans uh, going out to uh, uh, some mob guys and some drug dealers to help finance the film. And there was a murder that kind of had a pall over the, the production of the film. But the film itself, I think, stands up. Uh, it's about kind of the uh, convergence of the music uh, of the 1920s and the gangsterism of the 1920s. James Remar plays Dutch Schultz. Richard Gere plays a, uh, uh, a trumpet player that plays at the Cotton Club that eventually becomes a, uh, a Hollywood actor. And then the last, thing I, the last two I'll throw out there that I like um, that are kind of prison gangster movies uh, is uh, one's called Felon and one's called Shot Caller. And they're both really good about kind of the, the prison politics and, and how the, the different gangland factions from the street adapt to what's going on uh, inside.
1: Yeah, I'm not familiar with those. with those, um, uh, Yeah,
0: wh- one stars those. Uh, Val Kilmer, uh, felon stars Val Kilmer and uh, 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 um, Stephen Dorff. And then Shot Caller, uh, I believe, stars someone that was in uh, Game of Thrones... Uh, but it's has really any, good. Has anyone
1: seen this yet? I haven't uh, I picked this up for like five bucks at uh, at uh, Target or somewhere like that it's called uh, Gangsterland. With, yeah you um, know metal
0: sopranos, <laughs>
1: metal sopranos right yeah right uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler um, I don't know uh, Jason Patrick I, I don't know and no one's uh, people can uh, Chime in if they want on Twitter or Facebook, Gangsterland. I don't know. It was five bucks. I bought it. It's about what you'd pay for it on if you stream it.
2: Oh, Scott, I got one for you. Yeah. Hold on one second. Uh, uh, I got the soundtrack here on vinyl, but I'll just uh, remember.
0: Into deep. Into deep. Oh, great, great. Black Great movie. Great uh, movie about uh, an FBI agent that infiltrates the, uh, the 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 drug dealing organization of a drug dealer named God.
2: An Akron, Ohio, based
0: on a real life drug dealer named God.
2: LL uh, Cool J was fantastic to take place in, place in
0: that. Cincinnati. Right, but LL Cool J plays God. It's supposed to take place in Cincinnati. In real life, God came from Boston, and uh, Dwayne, I believe his name was Dwayne Giddens. Yep. And, uh, or no, no, Dwayne Giddens might have been the character. That was the character's in, name. Uh, the movie. And the real life guy was, I'm going to give you his name in a second. What do you guys think happened to Frank Matthews? But he ran the Orchard Park Projects, where a New Edition was from. Nice. They called him God.
1: Frank, Frank Matthews is a, that's a drug lord, Robbie.
0: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? He, Cameron's yeah. got me questions that are coming in. Um, but yeah, like, Jimmy, how about this? Scott, let's ask Jimmy this. When I tell you that LL Cool J is in a movie, what are the odds that you're going to go watch it? (laughs)
1: Well, I do like that uh, shark movie he was in. What
0: what was the shark movie? Deep Blue? Dwayne Giddens. I love that movie. Yeah. Dwayne Giddens was the character that LL Cool J plays that they call God in the movie. He's supposed to be the drug kingpin of Cincinnati. In Mm -hmm. real life, he's based on Daryl Whiting, Whose nickname was God? Who was the biggest black drug dealer in Boston? And uh, uh, I, and, I uh, just uh, somebody uh, and I could I, and was I overheard was a, that FBI uh,
1: Someone was asking about Frank Matthews. Just to give a shout out to our uh, shout out to our friend Al Prophet. Oh, uh, yes. he actually uh, and I Scott, you might have, you were probably involved with this too, the Frank Matthews uh, documentary. Yeah, I,
0: I think I might have done an interview for it. I'm not sure. Tell yeah, about Frank the Frank Matthews. Matthews
1: story. So Al Profit, uh, he, he did a documentary on Frank Matthews that uh, explores some uh, potential theories in terms of what happened to him.
0: So, so if people don't know, Frank Matthews was one of the biggest African-American drug wholesalers uh, in the 1970s and disappeared, um, most likely of his own volition. He wasn't killed. He was on bond and vanished and he's still on the uh, uh uh fbi's top 10 most wanted list people believe that he could very well be alive and living other uh, under a different identity Today, and he, was, he you know, was 40 years 45 years after he disappeared he was pushing a lot more weight than uh,
1: frank lucas
0: too yeah but he, he was inter- he was um uh transcontinental he, he wasn't uh uh stationed in one city he was supplying parts of detroit baltimore philadelphia new york new jersey
1: isn't Frank Matthews the, the one who said the infamous line that I'll, I'm going to go up and shoot up Mulberry Street if the Italians cross me? Was that Frank Matthews? I remember, true. they used that, they used that line Brown. in New Jack City. Nino where Brown. He says, uh, Oh, yes,
0: yes, yes. I, I, wasn't that based on West something Matthews said? Yeah, and in the Westies, also, there was a line in State of Grace uh, that was taken from a real-life wiretap. Uh, yeah. said, Go shoot go them down with the spaghetti uh, in their uh, spoons. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I th- yeah. I thought that was Frank
1: Man, but I, I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. You know but it, I, I'm pretty it, sure it, somebody it. said that. It was caught
0: in a wiretap by it somebody. Always,
2: it always reminds me of Wesley Snipes. He's, he's like you, Scandigli eating motherfuckers. <laughs> <right>. Cranky needles. Cranky needles. <laughs> I
0: have that. I have New Jack City around here too. Now that, that was I another have, one of my. Cool. What,
2: you know, I couldn't get in oh, the top amazing. ten. I wanted to, but I couldn't.
0: But I figure everyone knows about New Jack City. If you don't, you need to see that. Not movie. young people. That the Young every people black don't. black gangster movie. After black exploitation, after that era was done with in the 1970s, there were no black gangster movies for 15 years until that And New Jack right. City started it all off. There, there let be me no an- boys in the hood. Okay. There be no menace to society without New Jack City. Let me wrap up
2: with this. We've we've done. We've given everyone tons of options. We've given you books. We've given you movies. We've given you. Uh, millions of hours let me end with a line from superfly ready i hire the best killers there are white killers white ones baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey be safe out there we're gonna try to bring you as much uh, original gangster podcast as we can uh in any way that we can being as safe as we can social distance wash your hands and we love you here at the og podcast everybody stay safe stay healthy